three, two, one. Hello, children, and welcome to season two, episode four of the On My Dime On Your Time podcast. This episode is featuring Joshua Galdo. Josh is a super sick guy. He's another up and coming YouTuber in the fashion sort of sphere. He talks about fashion, talks styling, and he talks about current events in fashion as well. He talked about like some stories with Grailed, which were really interesting. He talked about like the whole Virgil controversy that happened a while back. Yeah, super great content. He's consistent as well, which is which is really great. Um, I don't know. There's not really much else to say. We had a super chill conversation. We talked about fashion. He recommended me some books. Talked a little bit about self-confidence and self-improvement as well. You know how we do. That's basically it. And I'm thinking of making an intro for this podcast, but also it kind. Of, but if I did that, it would kind of get rid of this like raw intro that I I enjoy making, and it makes it a little bit not to say easier, but I think I enjoy that a little bit more than having just a plug and play intro, for lack of better words. Anyways, I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna stop talking shit. If you want to see more episodes like this, give them a download on Spotify, and drop me. Drop the episodes a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Also, send me a DM on at on my dime on your time podcast on Instagram. Let me know a couple things you learned from the episodes. And yeah, enjoy. And you guys talked a little bit about like how you got into fashion. So I'm gonna kind of maybe approach it from a different angle. So um, I was just wondering, like maybe you can tell me how your sense of style has progressed from like when you initially started caring about the way that you dress and then until today and the style that you have currently. Yeah, absolutely. I, I began um, my, I guess, journey into my interest in fashion when I was in about high school. Um, a lot of it at the beginning was kind of meant to try and fit in a little bit more. Um, I That's just kind of at the time what I wanted to do. I wanted to be, I wanted to fit in. I wanted to kind of stand out as a person that was, um, that was seen as like had something that other people kind of appreciated as well as I did. So I began like, a, I feel like just like how a lot of people do with like sneaker collecting and kind of like hype beast clothing where I was like really big on fear of God. And obviously I couldn't afford it at the time, but it was just something that I was massively fascinated in. And I was like, whoa, this is really cool. And just trying to be cool. I can't say I was cool. It was just more so like a lot of effort into like trying to make other people, like impress other people. But over time, I'd realized that there's just so much more to learn when it comes to like the different types of clothing, whether that be like how it's made, where it comes from, what inspired it, and like what it stands for as far as street culture. And my style just naturally progressed toward like brands and products that kind of pique my interest as opposed to like other people liking it. So, I mean, as far as my style right now, it has gone from a point of trying to fit in to more of something that's a little bit more true to like what I find interesting. And especially right now, since I'm like, I'm done with college, I'm not, I'm, I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic, so I, I'm not really like going out all that much. Like I'm in the process of trying to like mature my wardrobe a little bit, trying to be a little bit more put together and um, not necessarily that I think that everybody has to be mature looking when they get older, but that's what I'm finding myself a lot more comfortable in and trying to like rely and depend a lot less on branding and be just more focused on intended fit and cohesiveness of everything okay 
Um, I was just, that's kind of just a question for me, because like, this is just an interesting perspective I like to get from like a lot of the people that I interview, but let's say like you wake up in the morning and you like, maybe you're heading to like a coffee shop or say like, like pre, like post pandemic, let's say. So like, <laughs> and like, so like, how do you put together an outfit? Like what sort of pieces do you start with? And like, okay, cool. I want to wear this and this is how I style around it kind of thing. Maybe. I almost always start with pants. Uh, pants for me are at least where everything kind of stems from and dictates the rest of the outfit. Uh, I mean, it's just like the simple things. It's not anything crazy. Like if I'm going for like, I'm just gonna wear a pair of wide leg pants today. Then from there, I can just tell what what shoe goes best with the wide leg and then the top is pretty the top is like pretty independent of the bottom I would say and then just kind of like pants shoes and then top and top really is dependent on like weather or anything like that and so it's nothing like I don't honestly plan very often what I'm going to wear it's kind of just like a day-by-day thing I don't really I don't really put a lot of emphasis on mapping out what I'm going to wear. It's just like what feels right, I guess. And I I don't want that to sound kind of pretentious. It's just, just playing it by ear, essentially. And you were saying like you were maturing your wardrobe. So maybe it kind of stems from that. Like a lot of the pieces that you have go with a lot of the pieces that you have, if that makes any sense. Like there's no, yeah, yeah. yeah, maybe it's that as well. As much as possible. That's what I want. Just because when I, was relying a lot really like really heavily on uh, logoing branding or anything like that it was more so that uh, I realized that specific things only really went with specific things and it kind of in a way frustrated me that I really had to uh, play by those limitations although those limitations were only in my mind it was more so that like oh I know this looks good with a particular thing that I own so I was kind of specifically only geared towards that direction and uh with the maturing of my wardrobe I definitely want to kind of like I want everything to fit with everything Mm -hmm. I did a bit of like a deep dive on your Instagram and like just a bit of creeping in the comment section you know how you do and like a lot of the people that were commenting on your photos they were saying about how the proportions of your outfit were like really well put together and I'm not, I don't, I'm not a fashion student, so I don't really know what proportions are and there's not really like a video on it. So I was just wondering if you could give me a quick crash course on like proportions when it comes to styling an outfit. Absolutely. I've actually wanted to work on a video talking about proportions, but it is such a difficult topic to kind of all encompass that it's proved a bigger challenge. But essentially what I think about proportions is um, like first things first, to understand your body and and really just take a look at yourself in the mirror and be as brutally honest as you possibly can. And the clearer that you see yourself and your, your, the shape of yourself, the better you can pick and choose exactly what clothing to wear to accentuate the certain aspects that you want to accentuate. Like sometimes maybe people have broader shoulders. If you want to accentuate that, then the better you understand how to do that, you have more options, especially with the with the different types of clothing that you can wear. And if you have like trouble working with your own body type, I highly suggest like looking for influencers or not even influencers, but like smaller Instagram pages where the like you can find people that have similar body types that can give you ideas how to kind of 
how to dress for your body type. And everyone's obviously different and there's no right or wrong. It's just that a lot of people will be a lot more like, we'll look at certain influencers and think that, oh, I really want to dress like them, but not necessarily have the body type. Like personally, I'm more of a kind of a, like a medium build. I'm not excessively skinny, tall or anything. I'm just kind of like an average height at about like 5'10". Um, I weigh... I don't know, last time I checked was like 188 pounds, which isn't light by any means. But since I know how my body is laid out and I know how to kind of manipulate and see how uh, the clothing looks on me, I'm able to wear certain clothing. If I wear like a cropped shirt or jacket with like a slimmer pair of jeans, it makes me look significantly taller. If I wear looser fit pants, then it does make me look a little bit shorter, but with looser fit or wide leg pants, and I wear a little bit more of a cropped shirt, you can kind of see that my legs look a little bit longer in comparison to the top, which then I look a lot taller. And so it really is just kind of uh, understanding and manipulating how things look on the outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But like, I don't know. I was doing like, I was like kind of like putting together some outfits earlier, like a a little while ago. And I put together like this look that it's it's on my Instagram or whatever, but like, it's like these like white, like wide leg, like, like pants. And then I put like a tank top and a cardigan. And then I'm looking at the photos that I took and I shoot from like a lower angle as well to like try and make myself look taller as well. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it was just weird because I didn't, I looked very short in the photo and I don't know what's wrong with it, but I don't know like that that taught me a lot so I'm gonna I'm gonna look into that a little bit more um what are your I just wondering what are your thoughts on the current landscape of like vintage fashion because there's like a lot of like I, I don't want to like there's a lot of like oversaturation for lack of better terms like there's a lot of like vintage pages and a lot of people kind of dressing in a very similar like aesthetic with like your Carhartt pants and like your vintage tees and like boots or something right so I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that I absolutely love vintage fashion and especially the emphasis on vintage now. Uh, It's always been like an amazing like aspect of fashion, but I would say in the last like three to four years, it really has gotten to a point where it's like boomed. Like it got to a point where it's it's like an entity that nobody can ignore, not even like larger fashion houses, because you can see a lot of larger fashion houses taking inspiration and trying to emulate vintage clothing in, in some way. And vintage has so much to offer than larger brands just because of the uniqueness of how like you can't replicate how old something is. You can't replicate the treatments. You can't replicate these. So every every vintage piece sometimes can be really one of a kind. And so like not only that, but vintage pieces will also have kind of aspects to them where like they're like their own individual selling points, like whether if it's like the degree of nostalgia for some pieces, like certain band tees that people associate with memories or how something looks as far as like the aging of a, of a piece. And then sometimes things just kind of can evoke more emotional responses. Like if it was like something that was like maybe a person's relative or maybe like, oh, this is my dad's old shirt then that's like something that's kind of like attaches you more to a garment. And so I think that for vintage, like as far as vintage goes, um, for its impact on sustainability and the community that surrounds vintage clothing, I think vintage is like one of the most amazing movements within fashion because you're not buying into uh, the gimmicky, like purposefully 
uh, consumerist at like attitude that a lot of like larger brands will kind of try and push and make money on. And I mean, honestly, it's kind of allowed some people to be a little bit more entrepreneurial when it comes to fashion, because people are starting, like you said, these, these vintage pages and like these selling shops. And it's honestly now more than ever with all the time that people have sometimes not working and just, it's a really solid way for people to make money on the side. And I'm not really a big fan of kind of price gouging or anything like that, but if people are willing to pay that price, I mean, I think it's more than fair for people to want to try and make a little bit of money. So there's just a whole lot of facets about vintage that have just honestly are just, I think should stay and should, should be a mainstay in fashion because it's just another way to have fun in clothing. And I always want to support that. Definitely, definitely. I was having a conversation with one of my friends about like vintage clothes and stuff. And then she's like an old friend of mine. We've been like, we, I've known her for like three or for like four or five years. And like, we, we used to go like thrifting a lot, right? When we were younger, like the stuff was like a lot cheaper, like maybe five years ago as well. And we were just talking about like the landscape of like vintage jeans and like vintage t-shirts and stuff. And we were like, we were like looking at like links and stuff. And it was just interesting. And like, she was saying like how the increased price that some vintage like stores like in, in in Toronto have maybe like for like t-shirts or for jeans or like charging like 50 bucks 60 bucks for like pairs of for like like curated like vintage jeans and stuff it was kind of pushing her away from thrifting because like it's a, like it, it's more it's like a essentially the same price as a new pair of Levi's but it's like pre-worn and that wasn't really as appealing to her I don't really know where I'm getting with this, but like, it's just interesting conversation that I had. I just wanted to kind of maybe hear your thoughts on that. That's one thing. One thing that I kind of wish that uh, the consumer had a little bit more control over is kind of like the pricing, because like there are some things that are just like, why are they that expensive? And when you look at like the curation of a lot of uh, really big, um, like vintage accounts, like unsound rags or uh, no maintenance or, other vintage accounts um, you see and like you're looking at their items and they're just like really really pricey sometimes I mean sometimes if they're especially like things like unsound rags when they're when their vintage jeans are like reaching into like $100 per pair it's kind of crazy to see that people are willing to pay that but I think that they're only able to continue to do so because somebody is willing to pay it and that's just kind of the, um, of course, there is like the difficulty of curating these items, obtaining these items. And since vintage is like kind of one of a kind and per item getting like stock of any, any uh, variant of jeans, I think the, the difficulty in getting their inventory is the primary reason why a lot of these pages will kind of increase their price. And I mean, you know, for as a consumer, not a fan, but to their to the shop themselves, it makes the most sense because they're putting a lot more effort than say a shop that's like, oh, I'm just gonna go ahead and buy X amount of items of a certain item from a brand. That's like way easier for a larger brand to do. But for especially smaller scale things, going through the effort of sourcing vintage vintage garments is like a whole lot of like a hassle 
And so I think that's where kind of like the price gouging riot kind of like appears. And I think it's kind of unavoidable at this point because people will, people will value things at what they think they're worth. And so long as people buy them, those prices are going to stay the way they are. And of course, like there are some things like certain banties, like a Nirvana banty, like one t-shirt being a thousand dollars is is ridiculous absolutely insane and i understand the rarity and i understand that it is like one of the most hype things that you can have but i don't know who's out here buying thousand dollar nirvana tees i like i have no idea where that's going and i mean like you like i remember when fear of god was doing their like i guess like reprinted band tee thing like yes celebrities are wearing them but I simply don't understand, like on a, on a normal day-to-day basis, when I see somebody who's like wearing like a full, like like a full, I guess, fear of God fit. Because like at this point, fear of God, I, that whole look has become a little bit of a meme. And there's nothing wrong with it. I honestly think that the fear of God look is actually really like good for people that like want to dress easy. Because it's just like, it's just an easy uniform to wear, just the fear of God look. And like topping it all off with like a thousand dollar vintage tea. I'm, I'm always like, you look, in my eyes, they look a whole lot less trying to be fashionable and they look like a whole lot more like rich to me. Yeah. Even though it isn't like the traditional rich uniform, I'm just like, that person has money. Mm-hmm. And I, I I don't like, I don't like at all the, the, um, the astronomical prices that have been um, attached to like these certain these certain brands or not brands but like band tees and like music tees like that and like I am actually I'm one to wear if I'm going to wear a logo if I'm going to wear things like that have heavy like branding or something like that usually it's going to be a band tee because I I guess I'm like an avid listener of like rock music and modern rock music and like I love buying band merch because I'm buying things from people that like are on such a small scale and like it's a band that I I really do support so I do my part in trying to support what they do and that's where kind of that's where the attitude used to be as far as band tees go like back in like the 80s 90s in that era people were buying band tees because they supported the bands that they loved and I'm kind of trying to emulate that now with supporting bands that I love and artists that I love. And so I think that that aspect of band tees and things like that have kind of has kind of gotten lost. I don't know if that makes sense. That makes I'm def- sense. Yeah. yeah. I'm definitely going on a tangent here. I don't, I don't even remember where this went, but no, sorry. Don't, don't stress, man. You're good. Um, like in the pandemic, there's a lot of like creators who are sort of starting new channels, like yourself included and like me with this podcast as well. So, and this kind of touches on like another question that I have, like, do you have any advice for like individuals who want to start a YouTube channel or individuals who want to start like any sort of venture really in midst of the pandemic and like how to maybe, and like, maybe just like give me like three tips to like, to succeed in that. Yeah, sure thing. I mean, like I would say, that now more than ever is the most amazing time to try and start something. And that's really anything, whether that be like on social media or any other like projects that you've had, like you've been thinking about like this, this YouTube channel that I started, like, honestly, I started from, 
absolute scratch. Like, of course I liked clothing and I had like a, like a small collection of clothing, but I didn't know anything about recording. I didn't know anything about editing, nothing about how I would be in front of a camera. And so really just kind of taking the time and trying and just taking those first steps, I guess tip number one would absolutely be just try it. Just see what works for you. And that's like super, super important is that you like you taking those first steps could be the introduction to you creating something that is great. And that's not only in like YouTube, that could be in anything else, like just getting the motivation to just start something is kind of like the first step in everything. Uh, I guess like second is understand that it's not going to be easy. Just because like me starting a YouTube channel, I there was plenty of times and there are still plenty of times where I get like really frustrated with what I'm doing. Like I have to record videos multiple times, a lot of times, and um, I'm trying to make things as perfect, perfect as I can. Not, not just because I want people to like it, but more so because whatever I put out, I want to be proud of it. I want people to hopefully get something out of it as much as possible. And so it'll be frustrating and it'll, it, it'll never be easy, but the harder you work at something, the better the end outcome will be. And then I guess like third tip is like with whatever you do, always like emphasize that if you're going to do it, like try and have a passion for it because passion really does, um, it really does show when with whatever you're doing. And if you're, if you allow yourself to show how dedicated and how much you love a certain aspect of life, it'll reflect in the end product. And just don't do anything for any other reason other than you love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, this is just another question for me because like I did a bit, again, like I was watching like some of your older videos and you seem so comfortable on camera. Like the way you speak, like, you're very eloquent for lack of better terms. Like you don't like, you don't stutter or use filler words like I'm like I'm doing right now. But so I'm just wondering how did you become so comfortable on camera? Has it always been a thing or has it been like slowly like a progression? Oh, it's definitely been a progression. It, it, ha it has not happened overnight. Growing up, I was actually not a very confident person and I, I didn't talk very much, but really kind of, uh, I have found when, whenever I was talking to my friends, whenever I was talking to people about something that I enjoyed, especially when that came to clothing, I was a lot more eager to speak and I was a lot more like happy to share what I know and happy to learn from what other people know. And so I had this natural attitude that I really wanted to just like speak on these things. And that's a particular reason why I actually talked about talk about clothing on my channel is that I had a really good friend of mine who we, we would always chat about fashion. And at one point we wanted to start a podcast, but our schedules were so hectic, uh, kind of rearranging around each other that um, that really never came to fruition. But at one point we, I just went to my buddy's apartment, we sat down and we literally talked about the, like, I guess, quote unquote, the current climate of fashion for a solid three hours. And I was like, I didn't even realize the time had passed. And I was like, wait, it's like nighttime now. It's like dark out and it's kind of late. And I'm like, what happened? Where did the time go? 
And um, I was like, you know what, like if I can sit and talk to my buddy about fashion and have the time seem like it hasn't gone by, then there's something there. There's something that I can say in front of a camera that maybe other people might be as interested if they put, like, possibly even like clothing as much as me and my friend do. And so I was, it was like one of the actually only things that I ever really felt confident in talking about. And that's not because I think I know a lot. It's just because I think that it, it just comes naturally for me to talk about something that you love. And I think that's what like a lot of people should have. I love that feeling of trying to just talk about something that you enjoy and exercising your passions. And I'm not really big on money because I have a full-time job. I don't really care to make money. Of course, I'm going to like, if I'm, if I can monetize my videos, I'm going to because extra money on the side is never a bad thing, but I never want like my motivation to be anything like money related, especially when it's a passion project. Like as far as confidence goes, being into fashion has made me a whole lot happier in the long run just because I don't need to rely on like things like vacations. I don't need to kind of just look forward to like the end game of, oh, I'm just going to retire eventually. I don't, I don't need to look forward to that because I'm currently enjoying what I'm doing now. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of the confidence comes from. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Do you think like if if someone was to like have that goal of like monetizing their channel right off the bat, it would kind of make that venture like another job almost? If like if that's like the goal and it's not really it's not as passion driven as maybe as you are. I think that personally, I'm not the biggest fan of those types of attitudes. Uh, but simply because I can, you can, you can really see it in the content that's created. It's, it's, uh, it's necessary. And I know a lot of people will have, like, that'll be the most attractive part about any social media venture is going to be like, oh my gosh, the money that we can make from this is insane, which is absolutely true. And if that is your goal, you know what, more power to you. And I hope everything is successful. But with those ventures, I think that there is so much more scrutiny that is possible from your audience. Like if like the second somebody calls you out for being a sellout, at that point, if you're doing it for the money, it's true. And at that point, there's a lot more space and a lot more opportunity for people to dislike what you do. And with the relationship between creator and audience is so very delicate especially with like cancel culture and everything. It is so very, very delicate that whatever you've created, whatever you've built up can come crashing down so very quickly if everything's really only for money. And so I, as much as possible, try to avoid that. And which is why I'm very thankful to have a career outside of what I do on YouTube, just so that those like my need for my need to make a living will not will not interfere with what I want to do as my passion. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, what are some habits or like some practices that you do maybe like on a daily or like a weekly basis maybe to like, for lack of better term, like stay sane during the pandemic or like the whole self-isolation type situation? And I think it'll provide an interesting perspective because like you are a nurse, so like you are kind of like hands-on in the field as well. So I think it'd be interesting to hear that from you. Oh man, 
to be quite honest, I live a pretty boring life outside of like me making YouTube videos and me going to work. Um, really, as far as like regular practices, I take a like every single day, I try to take a little, well, every day if I'm not working. So all my off days, I try to take a little bit of time out of my day to kind of like sit down and think of video ideas for my YouTube channel. Just to kind of like try to brainstorm what maybe I could potentially draft out and see like what I can do. So definitely just sit down, take a little bit of time, just get my mind off work and just kind of make something or if not that, then try to, I'm always constantly trying to either find new channels on YouTube that kind of offer a little bit more perspective, a little bit more, uh, like broaden my knowledge base so that I can do my job, not my, not my job, but my, I can do my thing a whole lot more. Like I am, I'll have more to offer essentially. And so it's really just kind of like self-research, brainstorming. And then I, like, obviously that's kind of specific to me just because I, I, I make YouTube videos, but as far as like anything that any regular person, that sounds so like elitist of me to say, but as far as someone who doesn't make YouTube videos to kind of keep myself sane outside of YouTube, cause my life isn't only YouTube. Um, obviously I'll read like books centered around fashion. I'll watch movies. I'll um, like lately, actually I've been like trying to like, learn new things to cook just kind of like really i think everything is kind of chalking itself up to like expanding my knowledge base and i know for a lot of people a lot what like a lot of people are just going to be like oh i'm just gonna like you know lay around and watch a show or like lay around and do like whatever nothing wrong with that i i also play some video games every now and again and just kind of like for lack of better terms just kind of waste time but for me personally, I'm not a fan of being unproductive. Like I'm like always eager to try something different, think of something different and carrying those things out is like the most gratifying feeling to me. Like when I try and cook something and it turns out good or when I try a DIY and like it turns out good, I, I'm always like, yes, this is like the best use of my time. Even if it just results in something like another shoot of the collection or another like jacket to the collection, even if it makes me more infinitely like proud that I'm like, yeah, I did that. Or, you know, whatever, just kind of like, yeah, I guess just like staying as productive as possible is, is, is kind of the driving force between like my, my work life and home life. Mm -hmm. I don't remember which YouTuber this was from, but they said like creating something is the mo is one of the best things you can do in this situation to like keep yourself from going down that rabbit hole of like kind of like I don't know like you said that, that that's like the best thing you can do in like this pandemic situation as well so it's interesting that you touched on that yeah um, yeah I definitely think that like there have been many many times during the pandemic where I'm just like I'm lazy I don't want to do anything and there's nothing wrong with that it's just that personally I feel really uncomfortable if I do that for too long yeah definitely yeah. definitely Backtracking a little bit, you said you had like a three hour recording where you and your friend talk about like the current landscape of fashion. Um, would you consider releasing that to the public? I don't even know if, if he still has it because my, my friend was the one who uh, is a whole lot more tech savvy than I am. I, I know next to nothing other than uh, my laptop and my iPhone, but he's 
uh, he works very, very closely in like, it's, he works in basically, hmm, I don't know what to call it. It's, it's gaming journalism is what it is. And okay. he has basically made his career off of it. And like, I would love to release it. I just have no idea if he still has it because that was four years ago. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a long, long time ago. And um, I haven't seen him very often since because since I have, like we both have like full-time jobs now, like maybe, maybe if I could find it. But obviously the topics of that conversation were very uh, irrelevant to today's fashion climate, but I think it would be my, it would be pretty interesting to see like what was important at the time. Mm -hmm. I do remember very vividly that we talked about Virgil Abloh. Yeah. And hmm, I don't know, maybe if we can find that recording, I, I might potentially like put highlights in a video or something if that's possible. I don't know, man. Josh, can you, Joshua, can you do me a quick, can you do me a favor once we're done recording? Sure. Can you message your friend and ask if they have it? <laughs> <laughs> sure thing, sure thing. Awesome. I, I'll I'll try my best. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. I, I think that's going to be really interesting to see. And like, just another quick question: like, if time wasn't really an issue for you, would you start a podcast or like like a conversation type thing, like with like your friends or something? Like, would you start a podcast? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think it would be so much fun. Like, a podcast maybe a podcast if not like maybe like a vlogging channel if I had more time to like just kind of chat with my friends and like what, what I really like to kind of emphasize is that like I'm not special uh my friends are just normal people as well and I really don't like when a lot of like larger YouTube channels are just like oh like we're basically playing to a particular stereotype where this type of person and we're, we're we're this niche like no me and my friends are just regular individuals uh we don't particularly have anything like we're not overly qualified in anything we're just people who just enjoy each other's company and i feel like that that um like genuine friendship of like the buddies is just so organic and i think that i think that we need we need more content like that in the world just Definitely. because like people are a little too focused on trying to make money off things i i like the casual like my favorite youtube channels are just people just being themselves Definitely. and i think that if i had the time and i had the like equipment to make vlogs that would be a whole lot of fun. A podcast too would be great because it's a little bit more. I always think, I always thought, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I always found podcasts to be basically like the new radio show yeah. where people just kind of like chat. And I think that is just so much, like, I think there's so much potential there. Mm -hmm. And like, I find myself sometimes if I want to listen to a podcast, I, I listen to them exactly how I would listen to a radio show, like maybe 10 years ago, just sitting in the car on my way to where I'm going. But I like podcasts a whole lot more because like, obviously you get to pick and choose like what podcast. And then you also can choose the topic based on like what episode you're on. And it's just like, and it's gonna sound really lonely, but it's like I'm having the conversation with whoever it is. 
and I'm just like, oh, this is cool because it's like, it's like you're just sitting on your commute and just essentially just absorbing the information. And it's, of course, I love music as well. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes if I just, if there is a particular podcast episode that I want to listen to because of the certain guest, because of the topic matter, I love podcasts. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, like I'm biased. I love them too. But like, I, it's interesting <laughs> because it's, you get a deeper insight onto like people like more than you would get like from YouTube or from Instagram, because those are like, it's very like one-sided. So you learn a little bit more as well. Which I, I love the, I love the whole medium as, as a whole. Oh yeah. Like the amount of content that's being pushed out because COVID has allowed people to have the time to do so has been pretty amazing, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yo, the growth has been quick as well. It's nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree when I, uh, like I, I am very, very thankful for everybody who has uh, uh, even watched a video of mine. They, they don't even need to subscribe. Just taking the time and uh, like the little milestones that my channel has reached, it always like makes me extremely happy. Yeah. And like I have screenshots on my phone and like highlights on my Instagram actually of like the different increments. And I'm and it was like down to like oh first hundred, first whatever, first blah, and I'm just like every time even like as as minor of an achievement as it can be it really does like make me want to do it that much more every single time and like the people that i've been able to meet and like people who reach out are insane i remember uh sanjeev actually watched one of my videos and commented and i was like what (laughs) and then um uh i've actually chatted a whole bunch with um ray mia yeah. And I'm just like, they're taking notice. And this is amazing because these are people that I have looked up to. Uh, just the other day, actually, um, Christian from Brave New Wear Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he actually reached out and like DM me and was like, hey, I really like your channel. Like we make content that's like similar to each other's and like blah, 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 blah. We were chatting and I was like, oh my God, these people that uh, are my role models in the whole YouTube space. Are, are taking notice and I have no idea how they came across my videos. I honestly like beats me how my videos came to their like recommended or their friends or anything like that. But it is truly amazing that in less than a year, I've been able to talk to people that I never thought I would have. And it it really like in my mind gases me up, not like validating me, but more so like I'm so happy to have reached these people. Mm -hmm. And like, oh man, it it really is kind of like a like a boost in confidence. Like at first I didn't think that I really had any credibility or anything that like any particular I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, I I didn't think that I had anything particular to say that was all that special. But more and more, not that I think that I am more special now, but more so that if you just put yourself out there, the possibilities of you reaching a certain person, that certain role model, that certain anything are so much more attainable than you think. Definitely. Yeah, again, like even when I started the podcast, I released one crappy episode, like a 10 minute, just like, hi, this is me. This is what I'm going to be doing. (laughs) 
and I reached out to like Chris, like Christian at Brave New Wear, and he like for the first episode, and he's like, "Yeah, sure, I'm down." And I'm like, "What, really, really?" Yeah, I, I like I get this far. <laughs> it, that's exactly the feeling. Like I didn't think I'd get this far. <laughs> it's amazing, and like I learned so much from that conversation. It's just grown from there. Like I've reached so many. Oh my god, it's crazy. Yeah, finding other people that are just as passionate about something as you are is one of the most amazing feelings in the world. And it's really just like you're making friends along the way. And like, it's not like these are one-time conversations. These are potential, like, these are potentially buddies that you can chat with like whenever you really want to. Absolutely. It's nuts, man. Um, how do you, maybe like pre-pandemic and like currently, how do you sort of maintain a balance between work and YouTube? Cause like, from what I know about like content creation from Mike from the podcast, it's a lot, it's, it's a, it's more work than you'd think to like, get yeah. the, like, to, like, to, like with the editing and all that. So just wondering how do you sort of maintain a balance there? It, Ooh, so my work schedule has been and always has been pretty like erratic. It's never really set in stone. Um, the only thing that is set in stone is that I work a minimum of three days a week, 12 hour shifts and I work night shift actually. So okay. It's, it's been a lot of like shuffling around. My personal life has been like rather unchanged, especially during the pandemic. I mean, like it doesn't really matter because I'm not really going out too much anyway, but really just, I'm not gonna lie. It has been quite a bit of a struggle to maintain a work-life balance just because if I want to record and I work night shift, more often than not, I'm asleep during the day. Yeah. So I have to kind of arrange a time where I'm awake, where there's enough sunlight because I, I, I just do it in my bedroom with just natural light. Um, so I, it's a little bit of planning as what, well, but because I enjoy it so much, it's not like a hassle. It's more like, okay, I'm going to wake up a little bit earlier this day, record. And then since I'm awake overnight, I actually have a lot more time to do things because I don't even have the option to go out. It's more like, oh, it's like three o'clock in the morning and I have nothing to do, I might as well edit a video or I might as well like go over and try to revise a draft that I have from before. Um, at first, working night shift was really difficult uh, just because my body was still getting acclimated to doing that. But honestly, working nights has made me a lot more productive just because I have very little options to do things other than work on what I want to work on. Definitely, definitely. Uh, last, last few questions here. We touched on a lot of them, like organically, which is like, which is great. Um, yeah. Do you exercise some sort of like morning or evening routine just to kind of keep yourself like grounded almost in a sense? Or like just like something, like things you do like more in the morning and the evening just like to start the day off, right? Nothing too particular. More often than not, I wake up at about like, I don't know, like four to 5 p.m. Uh, that's kind of my norm nowadays. And other than the basic, just like brush my teeth, like brush my hair. Uh, other than that, there's nothing too particular other than uh, I kind of emphasize like a full body stretch in the morning. Well, not my morning, but um, like a full body stretch to kind of get my body moving. I hate kind of being stagnant. So like stretching is very necessary for me. And then taking just a couple of minutes, just a couple of minutes out of my day at the start of my day. And it's going to sound really like boring, but it just breathing exercises, 
um, just taking a little bit of time, kind of sitting down or laying down, like put on some headphones, turn on a little bit of music, whatever music you want to. I actually turn on hardcore music, but um, just kind of laying down or sitting down and just closing my eyes and just taking a couple of breaths and just kind of like focusing on my breathing and just like not worry in that moment of like everything that's going to go on in the day, just because I want to just get a, just get a good handle of where I'm at in that moment. And I think that's like, I've only started to do that like fairly recently, just because like how, like, I don't, I don't want to keep banking on like, I'm really stressed out, but with like my, the nature of my work and everything that I do is just like, all right, I'm going to sit back, take a couple of deep breaths for a couple of minutes and just kind of like sit there and just, just exist. Just don't have to worry about anything for just a couple of minutes out of your day. And I think it's really therapeutic just to kind of like, just to kind of do nothing, just to take a couple of minutes for yourself. And I think that's super beneficial and, and something that, um, something that I, I think a lot of people kind of like would need, you know, especially if they're stressed out. I'm really big on mental health um, psychology. I'm really, really big on and taking just a couple of minutes for yourself out of every day is, is super, super, super great for someone. Mm -hmm. So it's it's basically like a meditative practice that you do essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you, yeah, you can absolutely label it as meditation. You can label it as like, you could use that time. Like if you're religious, like maybe for prayer, like really whatever, just taking the time to appreciate the couple of minutes you have to yourself. Yeah. Um, do you have any book or movie recommendations for me? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I, I'm not a big reader, uh, not huge on it, but I have recently tried to get a little bit more into it. I know a lot of people in the fashion realm really enjoy reading. Um, this is not a t-shirt by Bobby Hundreds. I don't know if you've read it yet, but yet. It, it is. So growing up, like in high school, the hundreds was one of my favorite brands just because I really loved the, uh, the, the bomb motif that they would always, that, that was their like big thing. And I, I really did not know that there was such a rich history behind it that just detailing the journey of how the hundreds became the hundreds is massively interesting. And I've been hooked. I, I, when I was reading it, I was hooked on that book. And then there's another one. Um, oh man, it's called Ametora. It's uh, yeah, Ametora, and it's like basically, I think it's like how how Japan saved American style. And it is another very fascinating book. And I I really love Japanese fashion. I really love kind of like the Japanese attitude of like very high quality and very passionate work. And that's another one that has like kind of just hit the nail on the head for me as far as books go. Um, both of which were recommended to me by Kizzy TV because, you know, dudes, another guy that I'm, I'm so like, I never thought I'd have a conversation with him, but sometimes we just like chat and I'm like, you, you've noticed me. Um, other than that, like, Movies, I'm a pretty simple person. Uh, there's nothing really too particular that I like, that I'm 
like, I guess, like saying is for any which reason, I enjoy like just about every movie. It doesn't really like matter to me. My favorite of all time has to be The Departed. I don't oh, know if you like, dude, Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, and just like the whole, like, I guess, crime and gang aspect of it is just so fun. Um, and there are some movies that I really love simply for their costuming and for their uh, relevance as far as um, the wardrobing. Uh, one, one, one of them that I kind of fairly recently watched that I was like massively impressed was um, uh, Green Room. I don't know if you've ever... I haven't. Green Room is a is an A24 film. Um, really, really, really interesting, very jarring movie just because it basically follows a punk band, which already kind of hits the nail on the head for me because I do love punk music. It's a punk band that ends up being like playing a show for like like this like skinhead neo-nazi bar thing and they get like really like it, it is the most insane setup for a movie but at one I, I love punk music and i love punk style so that already was really cool but then on top of that there was that whole situation of where they're they're stuck in a they're stuck in this like neo-nazi i guess hall or something like that it was like a just just a place where a lot of them like kind of uh, came together and just seeing how particular and how specific this like skinhead style was, I was like, wow, that like even the littlest of things, like the color of their shoelaces kind of denotes exactly who they are in this subculture. And I was like, these like little attention to detail type of things, especially in a movie is just so cool. But yeah, man, green room. Highly suggest. Definitely, definitely. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that on the list of like movies to watch. And amateur, I'm gonna look at. I'm gonna look into that as well. Um, what are some upcoming projects that you have in the works? Like, what can we expect from you in the coming half a year, maybe? Let's say. So, again, I'm a very boring person. Uh, not too many things coming up, other than me just doing my absolute best to try and improve and expand on the. Uh, on the content that I already produce, um, definitely, like, definitely expect me to like kind of try my best to kind of increase, increase uh, production as much as I can. Um, in my personal life, I have other stuff going on. I mean, like, I'm like in the process of trying to move, move out, get a new car, and like do like more adult things. And of course, those things come first. So, but um, as far as content creation, I think I'm just trying to do my best to try and just make content that I love, something that I'm proud of. And um, I wish I could say there was like a bigger project in the works, but not yet, not yet. Okay. I definitely still have a lot more growing and learning to do. And I definitely don't want to kind of overstep any, um, it's not really boundary, but overstep my, my quote unquote influence because I because that's a thing nowadays, apparently. But eventually, I, there's a lot of projects that I want to I want to undergo. But I have a pretty high threshold for what I expect out of myself, so I can't imagine that that would come as soon as I want it to. 
Um, thankfully, with like the connections that I've been able to make, potentially there may be a couple of collabs coming in the future, which would be really nice. Um, but it really is just like a matter of scheduling and um, hoping that I can kind of make it through, make it through while still maintaining my ability to make videos. Uh, I've recently actually slowed down my uh, my upload schedule to once every two weeks, simply to, because of work and just trying to make everything work cohesively as possible. But yeah, if anything, it's just focused on the growth of my channel at the moment because I'm still so very small and hoping that my content reaches a larger number of people just so that I can kind of have that freedom to kind of do outside projects, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. This is kind of just a good question for like the current like time that we're in, but are you like a big new year's resolution kind of guy or is that not really your sort of speed? Not really. Um, I'm not, a, yeah, no, I'm not really a big new year's resolution kind of guy. If anything for self-improvement and for um, progression, I never think that there's ever a certain time for like to realize, oh, I have to have a New Year's resolution. I always think that if there's any like change or if there's anything that I can do to improve myself, there's no better time to do it than the immediate time when you realize it. Um, I, yeah, I, I, New Year's resolutions are great. It's just, I always try to keep an attitude of like, if I need to improve something, I'm gonna do it right away. Perfect. Perfect, perfect. All right, that's pretty much all the questions I have. Thank you so much again, once again, for taking the time. I really appreciate it. I learned a lot from our conversation. Um, where can the people find you? All right, I'm not too, uh, I'm not too widely on social media. The only two that I have, uh, especially as far as fashion content goes, are on Instagram at, at where's underscore Galdo, that's G-A-L-D-O. And then my YouTube channel is just simply under my name, Joshua Galdo. And that's really, that's, that's what I got. All right. Perfect. That's all going to be listed and linked in the um, show notes of the podcast as well. Dude, I can't thank you enough, man. This has been an amazing experience. I really appreciate you reaching out. And honestly, just from the bottom of my heart, thank you, dude. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I'd love to have you on again in the future, just for like maybe an update and like once the channel, like an update in like a few months time as well, maybe. Yeah, no doubt about it. I'd be more than happy to do it. And like, yeah, we just hit me up. Let me know. I'm more than happy to work with you again because this has been great. Definitely, man. Absolutely. All right, man.